Yes. I choose joy. Yes, 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 yes. Always. You know, I uh, came from Seaside Center for Spiritual Living down in Encinitas, Dr. Christian Sorensen, and his mantra is joy. I mean, he just does joy. He gets up on the stage every Sunday and he says, what a joy it is to be here. You all saw him. He's very energetic. He's much more so than I am even, you know. And uh, he just, every time you talk about joy, I just think of Dr. Christian and how he refuses to live any place that isn't joyful. You know, that's his thing. Like, if it's not joyful, he's not doing it. You know, freedom to choose. I love that. Our theme this month is freedom, but let me start at the beginning. 2019, our theme is Awake and Alive, We Thrive. So all year long, we've been looking at that theme. This month, July, is freedom, which I think it is almost every month in July. I mean, every year in July, we have freedom as our thing because, you know, it's the 4th of July and we're free. And we're free to choose. We're free to do, choose joy. We're free to choose God. We're free to choose all, all those things that Bev and Greg sang about. But we're also free to act. And that's today's uh, talk, is free to act. You remember when you were a little kid uh, and you were playing with your friends, and especially if you were doing a race or a competition or something, we would all get outside and we'd go, okay, ready, set, go. Remember do that? Ready, set, go. Or you mark it, set, go. Or lights, camera, action, right? All those sort of things. Like we get ready. We get ready, you know. And, and, and I'm going to talk about that. We get ready. You know, that's the very first part of this freedom to act is we need to get ready to act. Before we go anywhere, say if we're going to take a, a trip or we're going to go on a journey or we're going to do something, we make a plan. Right? If we're going to go on a vacation, we might, uh, well, choose where we're going to go. And then if we're going to drive, we might get the car tuned up and we'll get a road map so we can get there. And we, we get someone to take care of the pets so that's all taken care of, right? And, and we make our plan to go on our trip, right? So we make the plan and we get ready to go. So the very first thing that we always want to do is we want to have a plan. We want to have some idea of where it is that we're going, what it is that we're going to be doing, you know? Uh, and our plan might begin with a vision, it might begin with a dream. We might have a plan of something that we want to do in life, something that we want to be in life. And so we have this dream, and we have, then we go about making a plan of how we're going to get there. Like when we're young, we have a plan, perhaps, that we're going to go to college, and we're going to get a degree in a particular field, and then we're going to work in that field, and then that's going to be our thing, and we're going to do that. So we have a plan. You know, or maybe our plan isn't school at all. Maybe we're planning on meeting Mr. or Mrs. Wonderful and getting married and having a family, and that's our plan. That's our vision, you know. Or maybe we have a plan that we're going to climb Mount Everest. That's our thing, right? So we're going to train and we're going to learn about mountain climbing and we're going to put together a plan. How am I going to climb Mount Everest? Right? So we have a plan. We start out with a plan. When an artist paints a picture or a sculptor creates a sculptor or a screenwriter writes a character for a film or television, they have an idea before they start of what it is that they're wanting to create. So it starts with an idea. It starts with this dream. It starts with this vision, right? And before the artist even puts the first stroke on the brush, you have kind of an idea of what it is you think you're going to paint. Now it might change, right? You know, are you going to use a palette knife? Are you going to use a brush? Are you going to use a sponge? What are you going to do? You know, and it changes and it evolves and it morphs. But you kind of have an idea when you start. You have this plan. You're getting ready. You're getting ready to go. You know, so it's the same with us in our lives, right? We want to have a clear idea, a clear idea of where we are headed. Do you have an idea of where you're headed? 
Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, you all know Arnold Schwarzenegger, but there was a time when he wasn't that well known. Now, he was well known in the bodybuilding world, right? In 1976, I think it was, he had won the, the whatever the highest honor is for a male bodybuilder, right? And he decided he was going to retire from bodybuilding. And the newspaper reporter was interviewing him. He said, well, what are you going to do now? And he says, well, I'm going to become the number one movie actor in America. And the newspaper reporter just said, well, how do you think you're going to do that? You know, here was this gentleman who was never acted in his life, who had a very heavy Austrian accent. Like, how was he going to be the number one movie star in America? And Arnold told him, he says, well, I'm going to do it just like I became the number one bodybuilder. I have a vision, I have an idea, I see myself being the number one actor in America, and then I just go about my life as if I already am. And that's exactly what he did. And he became the number one box office actor at one time. He's the highest paid actor at one time. By that simple idea of having the vision, of having the plan, you know, and then moving forward on it. If you can see it, you can be it, right? One of our little sayings here. The first step, though, is getting ready. You know, or if you look at the whole idea of lights, camera, action, the first thing when you turn on the lights so you can see the scene, right? The first thing is you shine the light on it. You shine the light on it to see what it is that you're going to create here. You shine the light on it. Iyana Vansett, she says this, and I love this quote, and I've been with this quote all week. If you don't have a vision, you're going to be stuck in what you already know. And the only thing you know is what you've already seen. Right? Right? Do you have a vision that's propelling you forward? Do you have a vision that's taking you to the next place? Or are you operating solely on what you've already experienced? Right? We want to move forward. Emmett Fox, I came across this great story from Emmett Fox. I think I told Reverend Megan it a couple weeks ago because I just love this story. He tells this story about um, when movie pictures were very early on and not everybody had seen a movie picture. It was kind of a new thing. You got to remember Emmett Fox was in the early 1900s. And... Uh, uh, the, a movie had come to this Wild West town, to this town that was sort of out in the middle of nowhere, and they never had seen a motion picture before. So they set up this tent, and everybody came into the tent to watch the movie. And they had the projector, and the projector was just kind of projecting onto the side of this white tent, right? That was the screen. And the bad guy, you know, got the woman in the movie, and it was one of those old West movies, you know, and captured her, and this rowdy cowboy in the crowd, he pulled out his gun, and he shot the screen, right? Right? And now that was in a time where that wasn't so scary, right? People were carrying guns. And the thing is that Emmett Fox says, the thing is, is the guy didn't know. He was shooting the screen, which just put a couple holes in the tent. What he needed to do was he needed to turn around and he needed to shoot the projector. <laughs> right? Because what we're seeing is what we're seeing from. Right? If we see something out here, it's not because it's out here, it's because it's in here. It's because it started within us. So we need to change what's in us, not the picture we're seeing. Not the picture we're seeing. So getting set, getting set. That happens after ready, right? Get ready, get set. Getting set is setting your intention. Getting really clear on what your intention is. Oprah says, our book of the month this month is our Oprah book, The Path 
making the path made clear. And we don't have it in the bookstore, but it's available on Amazon and Kindle and any other form. She says, all dreams start from the core. Unless you are in total alignment with whatever you envision, the dream will get derailed. Your intention has to be pure. Your intention has to be pure. So we've got to get set. We've got to set our intention. We want to get really clear on what is our intention. What is it that we're wanting to create? We talk a lot about intention in the science of mind, you know. We, we do because it's sort of one of those buzzwords today. What's your intention? Are you clear on your intention? Do you know your intention? Uh, do you have a clear intention? You know, do you know what it is that you're wanting? You know, I'm in a place in my life where I'm not doing kind of, sort of anymore. Kind of, sort of is I'm done with kind of, sort of, right? Is it clearly what I'm wanting and intending or not? You know, the saying is either it's a resounding yes or it's a no, right? If it's not like, yes, sign me up for that, it's a no, right? I'm clear on what my intention is. I'm getting clearer and clearer on what my intention is. Uh, Ernest Holmes, he says this about intentions. He says uh, in our Science of Mind book, he says the law of mind is man's access to the original creative genius of the universe and has no intention for us other than the intention that we give it. You see, the universe doesn't have it figured out for you. You get to put your intention into it. The law is impersonal. What is it that you're wanting to create? What is it that you're wanting in your life? What is your intention? What is your set point? Ernest also says, what we concentrate then is attention this is done through intention and the willingness to hold thought centered until the form appears, right? So our intention goes on our intention until that thing that we're wanting to create is manifested, right? That's the way that it works. Wayne Dyer, he wrote a whole book, The Power of Intention. And I looked for my book as I'm going to do this talk today, and I'm looking for my power of intention, and I realize I donated to the used books in the bookstore. So if you're looking for that book, it's in there. The power of intention, it's in there. And Oprah Winfrey, you know, she says, I saw her on an interview recently, and she says she runs all of her businesses on intention. All of her businesses on intention. And that when she started to do that, her whole life changed. Her employees cannot come to her with a script or an idea for anything unless they know the intention behind it. So they can bring her a script, but they'll say, my intention for this script is that we reach this target and it serves these people, and they're very clear on why it is they're bringing it to her. She said it changed the whole game for her. She says, I only do what I intend to do. Could you imagine? Only doing what you intend to do? That sounds pretty good to me. According to uh, Gary Sukoff in The Seed of the Soul, which is another book, that I donated to the bookstore if you're wanting to go in there and get that afterwards. He says your intention will determine the outcome of anything. Your intention determines the outcome because it's cause. Your intention is cause. In Arabic, he says the word nihart means intention, but it also means seed. The seed of something is the intention of something. 
So get ready, make a plan, right? Have a vision, get set, set your intention, and then we all know what comes right. Next is, is go. It's the action comes next. We need to take some kind of action. This little saying I just love, and I don't know who said it or where it came from, but if faith without works is dead, then willingness without action is fantasy. Right? We can say, I'm willing, God, I'm willing, and sitting in our rocking chair, right? We got to get out. We got to treat and move our feet. I mean, that is so important here, and we practice the principles of science of mind that we treat, we do the prayer, but then we go take some action. We do something with it. We don't just sit and pray, although that's very good. That's the, that's the getting set part, right? That's the plan part. Then we take the action. We take the action. Daniel Pink, he's an American author, he said, what are you here to do? What are you uniquely good at? Add to that the importance of doing it persistently, being dogged. There are massive returns in doggedness, right? That stick to itness, staying with it, being persistent. So we don't just act one time and go, oh, it didn't work. <laughs> I tried, it didn't work. Right? How many of us have been tempted to do that? I know I have. Right? You go out on the dating pool one night and you don't meet Mr. Wonderful, so you give up, right? No, you gotta do it more than one time, right? Er, uh, Edison said, success is 10% inspiration and 90% perspiration. 10% inspiration. He went on to say that genius is 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration, right? So there's a lot to be said about taking the action, about doing the thing. My kids and I were always sharing these memes about stick-to-itness of people that persevered, you know, because that's just something I really wanted to instill into my children. Like, persistence is a really important thing to keep at it. So we call it stick to itness, you know. And when I was with my son last week, I was with my son last weekend. Why, Mel and Z were here. Weren't they fun? Did you love seeing Mel and Z again? Yeah, I was with my son down in Cambria, and he showed me this meme that he had, and it's this meme of this guy who's digging, 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 digging to this diamond mine, and he stops like a foot before he reaches the diamond, right? And the next guy underneath just walks right up, digs one scoop, and voila, diamonds, right? If that guy had just stuck with it, that extra foot, the whole mine would have been his, you know? Stick to itness. You know, we often hear, oh, he was an overnight success. She was an overnight success. But when we investigate those overnight successes, what do we find out? that they'd been persistent for a very, very long time. You know, we're just seeing the little tip of the iceberg. We're just seeing, oh, success, underneath the water, all that, the big, big part of the iceberg has been work and determination and stick-to-itness and failure and trying again and trying again and trying again. It's that stick-to-itness, that persistence, that taking action. Oh, I love this story. Winston Churchill. I don't know if you all, any of you know the story. I didn't know the story of Winston Churchill. It took him three years to make it through the eighth grade. 
because his English was terrible. Three years to make it through the eighth grade. And the whole irony of it is it, it later on, Oxford College asked him to give the commencement announcement, you know, the commencement speech for this guy who took three years to go through the eighth grade. Well, Winston Churchill, you know, he had the big top hat and he had the cigar and he had the cane. And, and the day of the commencement address, he made his way up onto the stage with all his authority and he set down his cane and his cigar. And he took off his hat and he put it on the thing. And he said, never give up. And then there was a silence. He waited a few minutes, and he said it louder. Never give up. Put back on his hat, put on his cigar, and left the stage. That was his entire commencement uh, speech, you know? Never give up. Never give up. There's another story of a... Joan Malinsky. Joan Malinsky, she was a young girl and she really wanted to be in the um, entertainment field. She thought she was funny. She wanted to be a comedian, you know, and so she would practice around her little hometown and go to the little clubs and she had a little bit of success, right? Her father, Dr. Malinsky, he wasn't so sure that this was a great uh, profession for his daughter. So he decided he would book her at their summer beach place in uh, New Rochelle, New York, right? Like the big you know, beach place that people go in the summertime, the, uh, what are those called? You know what I mean, the places that all the families go. And, uh, and um, so he booked her just to do the, the show one night. So after everybody had been served their dinner, they invited Miss Joan up on the stage, and she got up and she started off with what she thought was a pretty funny song. And, and not really anybody was paying too much attention to her. They were more interested in what they were eating. And she said their attention span lasted all the way until the dessert cart started coming around and then she'd lost them completely. So she stumbled through the rest of her act and she stood up there brave as she could be and joke after joke with nobody really listening. And uh, at the end of it, she m muttered thank you and ran off the stage and burst into tears. Well, her father, Dr. Malinsky, he came up to her afterwards and says, well, that proves it. This is not the job for you. This is not your occupation. You go find a more respectable, practical career. Well, Joan got really mad at her dad. It says in the article I read that she went ballistic on him. She just really got mad. And she said, you don't understand. This isn't my blood. This is who I am. I am meant to do this, and I'm going to do it. It was caused such a riff in their family that she actually moved out of their family home and moved into the YWCA in New York and lived and continued to pursue her career. Uh, a little bit down the road, she uh, was, became part of Second City. Second City, which is a well-known uh, comedy troupe. And she ended up going out to California. And when she got to California, she got a job on Kenneth Canra, working with Alan Funk in um, called a bait girl. She was an on-camera bait girl. So I guess she went out and did the jokes on the people. Most of us remember Kenneth Cameron. Maybe a few of you don't or too young. But anyway, Alan Funk could not get her name right. He called her everything except Joan. He called her Jerry and Jackie and, and, J and every other name, but not Joan. And uh, she was persistent about trying to get a hold of Johnny Carson. She thought, if I can just get on the Johnny Carson show, if I can just get, so she pestered him and pestered him, and finally she got the call. Johnny was going to have her on one night. So she showed up, and she called in sick to Candid Camera so she could go do Johnny Carson, and uh, they hit it off. Johnny and her just had a banter, and they talked. In fact, Johnny laughed so much he was in tears. And he said, God, girl, you are going to be famous. You are funny, right? And the next day, offers started pouring in. 
she went back to Candid Camera and Alan Fun, who had seen his sick employee on the Johnny Carson show, and said uh, she was giving her notice. And what he said is, oh, girl, you're making a big mistake. Right? Well, that's the last time anybody forgot Joan Rivers' name. Right? She persisted. She did what it is that was in her heart to do. She didn't let anybody tell her no. You know, Edison had said that uh, it was a hundred failed attempts before he made, a thousand, excuse me, a thousand failed attempts before he made the light bulb. And Edison said, well, no, I didn't have a thousand failures. The light bulb just took a thousand steps to make, right? He never looked at it as a failure. He just kept going. He just kept going. Michael Jordan, he says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I have been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Right? Could you imagine, like the 24th time taking the game-winning shot? You've missed it. All. That's, you know, that's perseverance. That's showing up. Right? That's taking the action. If you can dream it, you can be it. I Trust me, I tell you, spirit would not put the desire in your heart if it was not meant for you to do. It's there for a reason. Trust it. Trust it. Take that action. I encourage you to be dogged in the pursuit of your dreams. Because those that fail are those that give up. Truly. I say to you this week, get ready, get set, and go. God bless you. So glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. Good.